things are going well in Buffalo, and Sam Reinhart was asked about his effort on a particular play this a last week. Detroit second I mean, is that the kind of backtracking this team needs? Play clearly looked like you stopped and almost quit. <laughs> do you think I don't think I don't think I'm going to value that question right now. Do you think you backtracked on that play the way you need to? I'm not going to value that question right now. I mean, that's a legitimate question, isn't it? It looked like you I'm, stopped. I'm, I'm not going to. I'm not going to get into it with you right now. So what happened there is it was the very end of a period. Sam Reinhart was the back checker on a two-on-one. And he very clearly, if you watch the video, he very clearly pulls up, kind of looks like he has a chance to actually catch the guy that's about to score the goal right at the horn. Uh, But he just kind of pulls up and stops and the puck goes in and, well, it makes him look pretty bad. Yeah, and Dylan Larkin was the guy for Detroit who scored the goal, and it was a pretty bad loss for Buffalo, and it's been a, a rough year for them. There's been fan protests and lots of uh, bad talk about wh- who should be fired there and who should be traded, and this was kind of the icing on the cake. Well, but the question was kind of BS, right? A little bit, yes. Because we, we've, <laughs> we've determined that and found out from various sources that he was that was the final seconds of a minute 40 second shift at the end of a period. And his longest shift of the night. Yeah, and yes, he got stuck out there pretty tired and that's but that's like 40 seconds too long. Yep. And <laughs> and so I don't know what he's supposed to say there cuz anything he says is going to be scrutinized like well what then why were you on and or getting defensive. Hopefully that's mm. the context that he's thinking about, but mm. I thought it was kind of BS that the, the reporter and then just kept asking doubles the and then question. tripled down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I think if I'm in that situation, I might ask, what did you see happen on that play? And kind of let him talk about it. Maybe yeah. he says, like yeah. I caught I, it, like maybe I, he says I don't think he'd give you an answer. <laughs> you might get a better you won't get that kind of answer. You might get a better answer. It was a little say, bit accusatory, yeah. Yeah. If you say what happened on that play, he might say, Well, I got caught I got caught out there at the end of a right. shift. Yeah. Right. And that's what you want to get. Yeah. Uh so that question came from Mike Harrington, who's a Sabres uh columnist for TBN Sports. And also what I love about it is that when the the follow up there of, well, why not? Like why won't you answer the question? That's not from the guy who asked the regular the first question. That's somebody else being like, Well, why won't you talk? sound of hockey episode 73 we're calling this one the tyler toffoli episode that's a exciting one huh reach yeah it is 73 though that's right a lot of options yeah (laughs) um but tyler toffoli calling it that episode because he's rumored to be on the trade block okay and we are approaching the trade deadline the next couple weeks so we should talk about that a little bit in this episode i suppose yes we'll see if we can come up with anything yeah uh or if anything's happened in terms of trades i don't know no Sure not. I we'll hear about them. If consider it. I don't yeah. know. We'll consider it. Maybe we'll talk about it if anything did. I'm not sure if anything did happen. Uh, let's start with our review, though. It comes from Naho Tunes. It's a five star review. It says inclusive, awesome hockey podcast. The sound of hockey has become my staple podcast from my morning commute. Great insight from John, Andy, and Darren, and sometimes Wade on both Seattle, national, and global <laughs> hockey happenings, including women's hockey. The show is a great listen for all types of hockey fans and players, local to Seattle or not. I don't even need to turn it off when my kid's in the car. Imagine that. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Keep up the inclusive approach and seriously, hashtag Darren get a car. So... <laughs> 
the challenge yeah. the challenge is I actually full disclosure I know Naho I don't always know our, our reviewers but in this case I do she actually I think all three of us know her but she is the Oof. captain of my beer league team and so she is the one that is tasked with figuring out a way to get the team's goalie to <laughs> each game uh, which is me so she's a friend of the blog she's well. a friend of the blog friend of the yeah. pod uh, but we do really appreciate that your feedback has been taken into consideration about my current uh, automobile transportation situation. It is under review. That's all that I can say. It's <laughs> all that I can say at this time. Oh, yes. Awesome. Yes. And I am Darren Brown at Darren Fun Brown on the Twitter. Joined as always by Wade the Into. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> by God, that's Andy Ide's music. <laughs> Man, just when you thought that he had officially been Wally pipped, Andy comes back from you know never, that never. yeah you know that uh, the gif of the Undertaker sitting up out of the coffin. <laughs> that's what that's what just happened. Andy was actually lying under the table and he sat up with that crazed look on his face. Pushed Wade out of my chair. Yeah. So uh, anyway, welcome back, Andy. How Thank are you? you? I'm good. I'm at Andy out of the Twitter. Glad and uh, also, we are actually joined by John Barr. Hello, John. Hello, everybody. I'm NHL Two Seattle on the Twitter, and we're coming to you from Barr. Down studios in Seattle. And John, you are fresh off of a trip to Columbus. That's right. What happened? Uh, lots of hockey. So, <laughs> short trip. There's a direct flight to Columbus, by mm -hmm. the way. Yeah, I, I knew that. Not, I knew that. Not yep. a big deal. I uh, <laughs> spend a lot of time looking at people's flights. Yeah. So, um, so uh, I was down there for CBJ Hack. Uh, it's the Columbus Blue Jackets <laughs> Hockey Analytics Conference, uh, similar to what we did Hack. The event was Saturday, all day, and then there was a hockey game that night. Friday, I was down there and checked out a Big Ten matchup between Ohio State and Penn State, which awesome. both teams are ranked. Uh, it was a great game, but I have uh, the more you know. Okay. Oh. Or actually, Do you want to call it a quizzical? May maybe let's call it a quizzical. Okay. Yeah. All right. What are the overtime rules for Big Ten hockey? Oh, so I know that they vary depending on conference, which is interesting. Like, and Indeed I've, they do. Yeah, so it's, it's different depending on what conference you're looking at. I want to say that it does go to a shootout if they, if they remain tied. And I think they do a three-on-three three and then a shootout, if I'm not mistaken. Here we go. So here, here's what they do. Uh-huh. Five-minute, five-on-five overtime. Okay. Then... Five minute three on three overtime. Okay, they remain tied. Uh huh. And then they go into a shootout. But, but the it's not shootout just a doesn't. Shootout. Okay. It's a sudden death shootout. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Wait. So if you, how do they determine who gets a shootout first? Well, it, I think you get a complete At least the round. round. Okay. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Okay. For every round, you don't score. Gotcha. Um, that's really fascinating. I didn't know that it was a sudden death thing. Definitely. You know who also didn't know about it? Who? Uh, the opposing goalie, Penn State. <laughs> Because <laughs> he, he was like looking back, like drinking some water, and he's like, what the hell's going on? Yeah. And you could tell he was like super mm -hmm. stunned. And I could see the ref, like, because I, I had some pretty good seats right behind uh, kind of the Penn State bench. But the ref was like mouthing like, yeah, it's done. We're done. The to, the, to the rest of the team. <laughs> like nobody knew that. Like, so. Does it not get through all the overtime often, I wonder? Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> I I do know that there's something weird about the points too because they don't translate because not everybody does the same thing. So I think oh, if you man. win in a shootout, and I don't quote me on Let's, this, but something like if you win in a shootout, you get the points for Big Ten standings, but like your pairwise rankings for like the NCAA tournament. So something Let's bizarre like that. Put a pin in that, okay. or maybe we should talk about pairwise rankings because okay. I've I've never heard that more than the last literally. 
48 hours mm-hmm. because in the bean pot, the game went to uh, overtime. So, or second overtime. What is pairwise rankings, Darren? My college hockey expert. But I, you know what? Again, this is going to be a don't quote me on it kind of a thing. It used to be that all of the rankings were done like exclusively on polling, similar to how you see it in football. football, Right. Uh, But then, you know, in in football, they started doing the BCS rankings, which are all computer generated. So the pairwise rankings, I honestly don't know how they calculate it, but it's something to do with like the strength of schedule and who they've played and all this kind of stuff. So it is all math. Yes. It's all, it's more of like an algorithm is my understanding of it at least is like the teams that they've played against, which by the way, in case you're wondering, I happen to be looking at it right now. The top team in terms of the pairwise rankings right now is North Dakota. Your team, Minnesota State, Mankato is number two. Cornell is number three. Duluth is number four. Denver five. So, and you know who's number 10? Arizona State. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Your, your guys. Uh, where's Wisconsin on that list? I don't want to talk about it. They've, they've so, fallen hard. So, okay. So like I, the, the 37. I don't want to go suit super deep in college hockey, but one thing that's interesting is when I go to a game, I always like research where the players are, who's, who's been drafted, get a feel for who's playing. But the ages on these, these kids are insane mm-hmm. because there was maybe three players in that entire game that were under 20, mm-hmm. that were 19 or 18 or 19. Yep. And, and that just shows you the difference between kind of like college hockey and junior hockey. Like you have to be elite to be playing 18 or 19 as like a true for, freshman. Yeah. 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 Well, the, the typical route for a kid that plays division one hockey, I think I'd say more than 50% of the kids spend time in either the USHL or the BCHL. Yeah. One of those where mm-hmm. it's, it's junior hockey, but you still keep your eligibility. Unlike like you're 20 when you're 20. Maybe right. You, so you, you go away. Sometimes they'll leave high school early. This is speaking from like the Minnesota perspective, right? Um, you'll leave high school a year early, go to play for some team in the USHL, for example, um, for maybe two years and then you'll start yeah. college as a 19 year old. So really the range that you play college is like 19 or 20 up to 23, 24. So yeah, those kids are a lot older than, um, than what you see in the, yeah. in the dub or whatever, where, you know, the range is what, 16 to 20. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, very, very different. There was like 24, 25 year olds, mm-hmm. I think a yep. couple of them, right? So. Yep. hundred percent. Anyway, that's, uh, interesting. So that was, uh, the big 10 hockey game. Thought okay. That was interesting. The overtime got to see a lot of hockey. It is the more, you know, then CBJ hack was really cool um very similar to sea hack probably a little bit more mm. polished because columbus blue jackets were actually putting it on um, are you was, saying we weren't polished in our presentation darren was the mc <laughs> <laughs> no, i started I, no it's not i don't want to put this on on darren at all like no the, the uh the agenda was like very articulate like and actually a lot shorter sessions not like we had a couple i think we had a half hour and a, maybe even some people with an hour block nothing was more than like 30, 30 or 40 minutes in the 40 minute ones were only for NHL panels where they had a lot of people from the NHL speaking friend of the pod, Alex Mandricki was there. No, oh, yeah, uh, she's, she was great as always. Definitely learned some things, got some ideas to look at for maybe some blog posts down the road. Cool. The game was awesome. Uh, which was, game was that it was against Colorado? So Columbus oh. versus Colorado later that night. Uh, this is an NHL hockey game we're talking about. That's NHL. Okay. Yeah. National hockey league. Okay. The national hockey league. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the arena is really cool in Columbus. From a viewing standpoint, really one of the best I've seen. I, one thing I'm getting caught up on or kind of noticing is the, the, the size cannon. of the concourse. I did see the cannon. By oh, way. people talk about Got the a picture a taken by the cannon. The size of the concourse is pretty big compared to Winnipeg. Winnipeg was so tight, like mm. tighter than Showwear, I'd say. Mm. Not that Showwear is like small, but, but Showwear is also a junior hockey arena, not right? A but it seats what six thousand yeah, people. Yeah, more than twice the people there. 
like Vancouver can be a little tight. Uh, if you walk around, Van- the Canucks can be really tight. But really cool experience. Uh, great arena. One thing they don't, I've started to notice, and I don't want to get too into this, but fan engagement during the game wasn't didn't feel that that kind of progressive and um, very similar stuff that I'd see at a T-Birds game to be perfectly frank. And, and, you know, usually they're operating on a little lower budgets and junior games compared to the NHL, but Mm. it was packed and it was a good, good atmosphere. The game was great. McKinnon, He's good at hockey, I've heard. Yeah. Yeah, heard that. Yeah. Heard a rumor about that. Yeah. Who, who else is good at hockey? Elvis, Mers, uh, not going to work here anymore. Mers Lickens. Mers Lickens. Yeah. Uh, he actually had his eight-game win streak snapped in that game. Ah, okay, and he, so he's not good at hockey. But he literally played the night before. <laughs> yeah. they had back-to-back nights. Oh, interesting. And they which put I him thought in both games. Was, I thought that was really interesting that yeah. he played uh, the prior night. Now, Corpus is not back yet. Mers Lickens is protected, or he's, sorry, he's exempt from the expansion draft, um, but Corpus is not so he might have to be exposed. Okay. Um, so anyway, that Merzlikens is good. He's cool. A good hockey player. You mentioned the T Birds. Speaking of the T Birds, Andy, would you give us a WHL update, please? It seems as if there's been some shenanigans here over the last what seventy two <laughs> hours. There were some shenanigans. Uh, so Seattle and Everett played on Saturday. It was the seventh time they played this year, and they have three more games with each other. And you know they don't like each other, which is obvious if anybody who's watched them play over the last yeah, couple I've, years. Yeah, I've heard that. <laughs> um, and it was you know it was a pretty good game. First period, one one. Uh, both teams scored on the same power play. By the way, there was a shorthanded goal and a power play goal, but a pretty evenly played game up to that point. Second period, things got interesting, and, and to me, it got a little ugly, and I, and I blame a lot of it on the referees, who I think lost some control of the game. Okay. Uh, At least you weren't s- blaming the goalies this time. Yeah. Well, like I said, the goalies were they were okay in that game. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't Roddy Rossa. It was Blake Lida's backup. Ah, uh, big truck. Yep. He's right. He has a big truck. Uh, <laughs> things started when uh, a Seattle player got hit in the head uh, by an Everett player. Pretty clear headshot. Uh, you look at the replay, and I don't think there's any way of arguing that it wasn't a clear headshot. Open ice referees didn't call anything. Okay, and you can imagine how Seattle reacted to that. They yeah. didn't appreciate getting hit in the head, or one of their guys getting hit in the head, and no, no penalty. So kind of mayhem ensued after that, and Seattle kind of lost their composure and got out of the game, and uh, and they ended up losing. Uh, and this things got ugly after that. Uh, you had a, a Matthew Kachuk kind of situation where one of the Seattle players challenged the kid who threw the hit later on in the game, and he turtled. Um, in response, so that's still lingering, I guess, if you go by the old code. Mm. Um, Seattle, after the game, sent in a videotape of the play because there was no penalty, and the league looked at it and suspended the kid for two games. No, I'm curious. Would they have reviewed that anyway? Because I feel like there's, I, I saw it, you know, like over social media and I wasn't at the game, but like I saw it over social media, a lot of people complaining about it, that uh, it was a dirty hit to the head or whatever. So what is the process for the WHL? Do they, if, like, do they rely they had, on the teams in those well, situations? No, if, they, if they had called a five minute major and a game, of, which brings a game of conduct with yeah. it, that's automatically reviewed by the league. Okay. But since there was no penalty, the league doesn't do anything unless somebody complains. Huh. So the, so the Thunderbirds, and the really weird thing is Thunderbirds have to pay the league to review it. Really? It's like $2,500. They have to send him the video and $2,500 to review that for supplemental well, discipline. seems like a racket. It's, really, it's I don't understand that, but hey, here, we, got, we do some work. We got to pay you, but that's what the league rules are. <laughs> so they looked at it. Uh, they suspended him for two games. Uh, it's happened before. From what I understand, the, re- the referees that night called the Thunderbirds that later that night when they had a chance to review and apologize because mm. they said we blew that one. Uh, but that, that caused the game to just descend into chaos from there. But after the game... Uh, Everett's coach, Dennis Williams, had some things to say to a friend of the pod, Josh Horton, for the Herald, who was there, Okay, uh, about Seattle and how they're dirty and they're running around and how he was worried his players were going to get injured playing against them. 
That didn't sit well with Seattle's general manager, Bill LaForge, who used to work for Everett two years ago. He had some pretty strong comments to say about how he didn't think Everett had any place to be, quote unquote, talking down to them from their high horse. Okay. Who did uh, he make these comments to? To me. Oh, okay. So a friend of the pod. Uh, so you're, well, some, you're some, some guy online. <laughs> Essentially, you're a pawn in this game at this point. Yeah, so yeah. I got called into the office. Uh, <laughs> Uh, he also further went on to, to detail how when the two teams have played each other over the last three years, Everett has something like 27 games lost of suspension for hits against Seattle players, whereas Seattle has six against Everett players. So okay. he's like, who's who's the dirty team here kind of thing? Saber metrics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Suspensions per game, <laughs> per 60. <laughs> the two teams play Friday in at the Angel of the Wins. What Angel? Two wins. Uh-huh. Arena. I don't I don't think anything bad is going to happen. For one, the player who was involved in this play is suspended. He won't play. Okay. And both teams are dealing with some injuries. I don't think either one has a healthy scratch right now on their roster. So I don't think there's going to be many shenanigans because no one wants to get hurt or suspended when you don't have any backups to put in, in their place. So, so, I mean, this is kind of fun. Right? Yeah. A little I bit old-time hockey. It's old-time hockey. I keep pretty neutral to these things, although I'm, I get accused of having a bias on both sides, so, uh-huh. which is insane. Yeah. But I got accused of being a Portland homer when I did the Joe TV game. <laughs> well, you are. I mean, we, know, we all know that. You love Portland. Uh, yeah. That's but, what they uh, said online. They said, yeah, that guy loves Portland. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it, it's great for the rivalry. And sometimes we get caught in the middle, at least I do, uh, by just tweeting it. I'm like, oh, this looks fun. And people are like, well, did you see this and that? <laughs> people and are like, ah, so you know what it I taught don't, me? Don't looking, care, really. <laughs> looking at, uh, I try to avoid the fan pages for both these teams because it's out of control sometimes. I'm sure it's but, like, very like, level-headed. That and, and like, my mentions, yeah. and I'm sure Josh's mentions – one thing that struck home, I already knew this, but it was reinforced how just like passionate hockey fans can be when they feel, especially junior hockey fans, when they feel one of their guys has been slighted in some way or their team has been slighted in some way. Uh, it, it's they rally, uh, they they rally, circle the wagons, and they just start going after each other. And there's a lot of like, oh, Everett stinks, or oh, Seattle, a bunch of thugs, so all that going back and forth. So yeah, Friday, you know, I'm sure will be it's, it's Valentine's Day Friday when they play again. So. Oh. No love lost between yeah. those two As teams. As I wrote my story, they won't be handing out trinkets and baubles to I, each other. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> I saw that you wrote that. Thank you for that robust WHL update, Andy. Uh, let's talk about one, I guess, like one league higher, right? We're just going up the chain at this point. So the <laughs> AHL. Uh, we started with college hockey. Then we went to the WHL. Now we're moving up to the AHL. Uh, so that's true. That's true. That's a good point. Vegas. We didn't skip the ECHL. we got to find some ECHL. That's true. We'll, no, we'll no, put we know where their trophy is. Do we know where their trophy is? Nobody knows. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Vegas has officially bought the San Antonio Rampage. Uh, I just want to point out that a week or two ago, we were talking about San Antonio. Turns out they're not called the Stampede, as I called them. <laughs> they're called the Rampage. That's on me. Well, but I, Rampage and, and Stampede are kind of synonymous. They right? are pretty sort similar, of. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's just what I call them. I just call them the yeah, Stampede. You're yeah. cool. That's the uh, way I them. also learned that the goaltender Fran Coos, that's on Colorado recently, I, I learned this. His last name is actually pronounced Fransos. So I've been learning some things. A lot of self-reflection happening. These are just things that I felt like I should kind of get off my chest, share with you all. That you're, I you're a better person for it, Baron. For I me. think so. And our listeners are all better people for it. And you just called me Baron, but I'm going to let it slide. <laughs> Baron, did I? So I like that. Yeah. That's a uh, Baron. Uh, oh, that's... That's um, kind of a, neg- that kind of a pretty negative okay, meaning, right, though. Right, it's a little, little political. We're not a political show. Vegas, Rampage. Now they're going to become... <laughs> yeah. Do we think they're for sure going to become the Henderson Silver Knights? Is this the, the story? Well, I haven't heard a name. I know they're going to eventually play. They're going to play in the, the New Orleans arena 
for the first year or two until they build a new arena in Henderson. Okay. Yeah. But they're eventually headed for Henderson. Okay. I feel like I saw Silver Knights, and the first thing that I want to talk about I think is they the team be the name. Harry's. Very I important don't think to be me. Called Henderson. They'll be called the Vegas. Henderson okay. Harry's. So then the Vegas Silver Knights. So uh, that's interesting. <laughs> this is going to have some interesting implications, right? To the, the Vegas HL. Harry's. Henderson Harry's. Vegas Harry's no, is funny Henderson. too. Harry the Hendersons. John is so over. Classic stupid. Big All right. <laughs> <laughs> so this is going to have some interesting ramifications to the AHL, yeah, right? Because so that uh, San Antonio is currently St. Louis's affiliate. It would be obvious that Vegas will move all their prospects to this new Vegas AHL franchise, Out of Chicago. And so now St. Louis, who was actually with uh, affiliated with Chicago yep. Wolves three years ago, <laughs> will probably reaffiliate with Chicago Wolves because the Chicago Wolves will not essentially lose a bunch of their players because through to Vegas or to the new Vegas team. Do we so, know what what the Blackhawks current contract uh, status is with Rockford or they, do they own Rockford? Well, isn't Rockford's pretty close. Like yeah. that's, they're, they're probably not going to move. But back. Chicago's closer. I do not, mm, but even, I think that's the one thing is you're right. That's a good question is what's the ownership structure. That's what you're really asking. Yes. If they own them, that's, that's but the Chicago good. wolves are not owned. And they're sometimes, owned, and yeah. I commented on this before, it's challenging to have an independent owner for your AHL franchise because you can't really control the coach, the system, or the, the team itself yeah. because they're running a separate business. And so if you want somebody to develop and play on the first line or second line or wherever, and they're like, we want to win games because we care about gate revenue and making mm-hmm. money, mm-hmm. you know, think about goalies, right? If if they have like a, a older goalie but it's not winning. a prospect, mm-hmm. yeah, that's winning. Like that creates an issue. So don't think we're going to hear much for a bit. Probably another month or so, um, but anyway, it's it's also good for the Pacific uh, AHL division because yep. now it's that's another same, team, yep. and that actually makes it easier for Seattle to travel and hit more teams. Have you guys? I haven't read this. I'm, I'm wondering because right now the teams in that Pacific division don't play as many games in the regular season as that's the other right. teams in that league, which yeah. is kind of odd that you would have an unbalanced. Uh, but there's not a lot of cross conference play either because it's. Bustling. I think they do like one trip or yeah, something. Yeah, it's, it's not. It's, it's not. You don't play everybody. The WHL, yeah. right? Yeah, we don't play everybody on the other side, but. I'm wondering if this will, with, with now that Vegas goes to the Pacific, if that evens out things a little bit more. If they'll, if they'll even out the games where they're all playing. Well, the same and with games. Seattle entering the Seattle, Seattle, right? yes, exactly. The, yeah, the Palm Springs. So the Snowbirds. Speaking of Palm Springs, uh, we seem to <laughs> have an update on their arena getting built. Is this true? Probably happened early last week, so it might be a little bit old news. But just making sure everybody hears it is break. Uh, they're going to have a groundbreaking on February 18th down there. For did the you book your facility. ticket? No, I did not. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and also speaking of the name argument that we love so much. Uh, that name allegedly is coming in March. Is so. the NHL yeah. team or the AHL team? No, oh, no, no. I believe no. it's NHL. It is the NHL team, and I do have a comment on the oh. AHL team as well. So let me let me make sure I get this correct. Okay. Because one People thing care I about hate, this a lot. Yeah. Yes. Um, John's got a piece of paper. Uh, so this paper. was this was an article in the Desert Sun last week. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lengthy article, but in the end, it says Townsend, which Katie is Katie Townsend, Townsend mm-hmm. that. Director of Communications for Director of Communications or sure PR. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, something like she that. might be higher than the director. Yeah. But uh, the recipient of the deflection from Francis, Ron Francis, said the, t- the Seattle team has narrowed down to five names and they are in the graphics and copyright stages before finalizing and making a declaration. They plan to announce it in March. That's the NHL team name. That's right. Okay. It came up in, in Palm now, Springs because Francis was there and he got asked questions. Yeah. So then 
the rest of the article later in the article it says she said recent rumors like the one last week that seattle team would be named seattle kraken are not to be taken as fact as for the palm springs team name she said that it won't be determined until after the seattle team is named but it is likely to be released either in the spring or fall of this year. Oh, okay. spring or fall, so not the summer. Okay, <laughs> which is interesting. That's way too hot in Palm Springs. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. So then. definitely tweeted that. I put it on our Facebook group, yeah. and you got about four hundred comments. Yeah, and I just made sure like this is the latest and greatest, so people don't bitch about February or the All Star well, name no, or whatever. See now, that see, now, can't, now that you can't you have our kids in the Naho's corner. poor kid. You just said the B word, <laughs> man. <laughs> All right, I let's apologize. Can let's, you beep it out? <laughs> I don't know. Is that is the B word beepable? I'm not really sure. Maybe I'll think about it. Uh, so, one last Seattle tidbit before we move on, uh, and I guess that we've kind of transitioned into Seattle stuff here. But so the practice facility that's here, it's moving along. Yeah, I okay. I saw that they hit a, a big permitting milestone uh, earlier this week on Monday, and which means that they're kind of cleared a kind of start building and i i don't know if they're going to have a groundbreaking but i would imagine it's whether it be a uh, ceremoniously mm-hmm. groundbreaking or they're just going to break the heck out of that ground <laughs> as, as somebody who lives right by there the ground is broken there's a big hole in the ground so i don't know what makes it groundbreaking and what's approved but essentially they can start building so okay. i would anticipate i don't know if they're going to make a big big news about that but currently it's technically on path for delivery. I would expect they would do something or say something or have some. They have every step of the way have some kind of press conference or press event. Yeah, it's the, we'll see. There's a lot of coordination that goes into this. Yeah. I, I don't think it's going to move the needle. I, I'm excited about it, but I don't think it's yeah. like what most people are like hanging on. Because they'll get 300 questions about the name. That's mm. right. <laughs> Speaking of names, the Olympics have a lot of people with names in it. Uh, and wow. there's been some that talk was, was about the NHL. <laughs> country names. Apparently has met with the IIHF. What did we get out of this meeting, if so, anything? So and, last... Oh, John's reading from more paper here. I, know. I just want to point that out. Hey, For I the did some second research. time tonight, he is using a printed piece of paper, which uh, is not common for our show so carry on go ahead what do you have on that piece of paper john (laughs) okay so the nhl and nhlpa met with the ioc and the iihf last week okay um about the nhl playing in the next olympics in china where a lot of people have names and they'll play (laughs) like a billion people yeah so many people great (laughs) so we're getting a couple mixed messages so matthew schneider who's part of the nhlpa uh, went on to say that I'm not sure I would be. Su- it would say it surprised us, but we are happy with the meeting. There's no question about it. It was a really positive meeting. It was a really good gesture on the IOC's part. So what they're basically doing is addressing a lot of the NHL's concerns about insurance, travel, and um, access to like video and and photos, which the IOC is very restrictive oh, yeah, on. Yeah. Mm, um, interesting. That's good. That comes from the PA. Okay. And and Donald Fair was also there. He said that the impression I had coming out of the meeting was that there ought to be a way to get this done for everybody's satisfaction. Okay. Okay. So perfect. That, so done deal. Good. Done deal. It's over. However. <laughs> however. <laughs> okay. Let's uh, let's see what the NHL says about this. I bet it's equally positive. Uh-huh. Yeah. Daly called the meeting positive. Hey, this is Bill Daly. Bill Daly. Bill Daly. But said the league continues to have valid reservations over how Olympic participation disrupts its schedule by having to shut down the regular season for two weeks once every four years. Mm. 
He goes on to say, we aren't there yet. In fact, we aren't even close to being there. Daly wrote in an email to the Associated Press. Uh, at this point in time, we continue to believe the negatives outweigh the positives. Okay. All right. So let's... That's a bummer. So yeah, brakes are officially of pumped. A, yeah. Brakes have been pumped. Some cold water thrown on that. So <laughs> anyway, but... Which is kind of Daly's jam, right? He just... Uh, he's, the, well, he's like the heavy in the NHL. Such a buzzkill. Like, yeah, no, exactly. but the reality is <laughs> like know. what I hate... I understand what their point is a little they're bit. They're negotiating yeah. for one. Yeah. And they're not going to say anything until there's a done yep. deal. I mean... It, the language sounds very similar to maybe a labor dispute mm. we've heard before. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's good that they're talking. It is. Quick quick question on that. Is that Matthew Sander, who the old player, who plays yes. like the Canadians yep. and other yep. teams? But yeah. Did he play okay. Detroit? Right? Matthew. Yeah. yeah. Matthew. I always remember him as a hab, but. Yeah. God bless you. Matthew Snyder. Yeah. That's the, that's the joke. Uh, <laughs> speaking of the Olympics, two teams that would have played in the Olympics, oh, Team USA and Team Canada, renewed their rivalry series. So I guess the Wait, series is over they, now. Might they still play in the Olympics? Because we're yeah. just talking the NHL, right? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Jeez. Sure. Oh, yeah. So five-game series <laughs> completed, and Team USA uh, won with authority. So I guess they win four out of five games. We did they, it. They were going to play the five-game series regardless, so it wasn't like a – you know, a playoff Best series or whatever, five. right? Yeah, and or just technically was, but, but they're that, still going to play it out. That last one was like just for good measure that they for beat them in game five. So. Yeah. So what was cool is that it was in Anaheim, that yep. game five, after the U.S. clinched it by beating them in Vancouver. Um, on it's basically Wednesday. a victory tour. Yeah. 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 So it was like a victory celebration. <laughs> but so they won and there was over 13,000 people at that game awesome. in Anaheim, which is the most ever seen. And they had good crowds in Canada too. Yep. Yeah, uh, I think they played. Well, Anaheim was. I mean, I guess they did play in Vancouver, which is a big facility, but they didn't have 13 Bay. So, yeah. my so, favorite part of the one in Canada though was friend of the pod, Hilary Knight, scoring the empty net goal to clinch it, mm-hmm. and given the, the, the old yeah, she did a shush. I enjoyed that. <laughs> I have to. I feel like we should take credit because yes. when we interviewed we, her, we asked her. We really. She's like, I will. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. For you guys. Yeah. This is this is for you. So we knew Hillary, yeah. and I'm sure she's listening. We knew that when she did that and shushed the crowd, she was actually she that wasn't. Was saying shush to the crowd she's actually saying sound of hockey you're number one i yeah. know yeah I so know. i think this makes us uh, like true patriots yes yeah <laughs> glad we could do Great. what we could That's exactly what i want <laughs> next on the women's agenda is world championships at the end of march early april um so uh, that's coming up late March, early April. It's a bigger tournament with uh, other teams. Not that just might those be playing two. Sure. In the Olympics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excellent. Very good. And they all have names as well. Yeah. 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 Hopefully. Uh, names and individual names. Speaking of rivalry series, is. Oh, all right. This is again, the, too much. Too many segues. No, I said keep going. The Bean Pot, which Ooh. features a lot of uh, rival <laughs> schools in college hockey. And, and players so who could play in the Olympics. We've also come full circle now because we kind of started with college oh, yeah, hockey and now we're true. back to college hockey. Yeah, so um, really this was my, <laughs> my game on the radar last week was the final. It turned out to be really awesome. Just very back and forth game between Northeastern and Boston University. Uh, so Trevor Zegris tied the game with less than a second left for Boston University. Sent it to overtime with a... Four four tie. That was it. Was like the most insane last minute of well of any college hockey I've seen. But, yeah. Um. It was it was nuts. There were so many opportunities for Northeastern to get it out, and they just could not. Like they they just needed to get it out one of those times, and that one second one to left it. And Zegers already I think scored earlier in the game. Zegers is Zegers led the U.S. in points in the World Juniors. He was drafted by the Ducks uh, in the first round. He might be going to Anaheim. 
by the end of this year. Ah, okay. So but what happened in overtime? Uh, Northeastern ended up winning. So that's their third straight victory now, as we mentioned, uh, for this tournament. And that was after, I don't know how many decades of not winning it. So uh, really remarkable stuff and a remarkable turnaround for that you, school. Did you see earlier in that tournament when Northeastern played Harvard, the Northeastern students were chanting backup school oh, to Harvard? Safety school. <laughs> safety, 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 safety school, school yeah. Safety yeah. school, yes. Yeah, pretty, that was pretty cool. Uh, pretty like, standard. That's that. what I, the college standard college hockey chant. <laughs> like the Ohio State game wasn't it wasn't it didn't seem like culturally they, they've caught on to that yet okay compared to the i've seen a northeastern game yeah. it's and, like college and, basketball you get and it's like and... there's nobody in the arena except the student section yeah. is packed and they're just <laughs> chanting and and doing antics the whole time so i thought pretty good though yelling safety school at harvard yeah that's pretty good <laughs> We finally move on to our NHL talk, and uh, there's been a couple of trades. One of these I've been interested in talking about since I heard that it happened. Your big Jack Campbell fan. Yeah, <laughs> yep, exactly. <yeah. laughs> uh, but we did allude to it at the top of the show that we were going to talk about trades at some point. So the first one, the Kings, you just mentioned it, trade Jack Campbell, the, uh, the netminder, along with Kyle Clifford for Trevor Moore. A 2020 third rounder and a 2021 conditional third rounder uh, up to the Toronto Maple Leafs. So obviously this is a, a you know a builder for the Maple Leafs. I get why they went for Campbell because they've really been in this situation where they have Freddie Anderson playing pretty much every game, and when they put in a backup goalie, it's, it's like oh god, Anderson's everybody. Hurt. That's but right. This trade also happened the night after Hutchinson like was just terrible. Yeah. Yeah, so and Sheldon Keefe was asked something like, hey, is this team prepared to have uh, any kind of a longer (laughs) extended stretch with Hutchinson as the goalie? And he said something like, I'm just not going to answer hypothetical questions. (laughs) So, And then this trade came like a couple days later. He must have known the trade was like, it came like the next day. day. It was like like later that night. Um, Jack Campbell's an interesting guy to me because he had a really good year last year uh, in LA. He had like a 928 save percentage and with quick kind of of not up to where he was I th- he thought maybe I thought last year maybe he might they might transition to him but he hasn't been that good this year no but he's fallen off a little bit but the he's been bad. he's been not as bad as Jonathan Quick which tells yes. you something about the way the team is playing in front of him yep. too and I think that's such a bad Kings team like I don't know I, I guess I haven't even paid attention to how Campbell has played since coming over to Toronto but he's played well so there you go yeah see South so interesting from my standpoint is Jack Campbell or Cal Peterson which is the uh, the now backup in LA. And so both of those are eligible for the draft, uh, the expansion draft. So mm. it was quick for that okay. matter. So they have to protect only one of them. And I thought Cal Peterson or Campbell would be protected. Would be one of those would be protected, yeah, leaving the other one exposed. That would have been an interesting kind of scenario. There's a lot of goalie scenarios out there, but that's one I was looking at. At least kind of like that wouldn't be a bad one of those goalies wouldn't be a bad bad one of the four that you're going to get. Mm-hmm. So. And the other trade that I'm quite pleased to talk about because it means that we get to do some hashtag minutia talk. Uh, the Minnesota Wild, my Minnesota Wild, have moved Jason Zucker after a lot of uh, expectation that he would be moved at some point uh, over to the Pittsburgh Penguins. And in exchange, they get Alex Galchenyuk, whose contract is expiring after this year, Caleb Addison, who's allegedly one of the top prospects for the Penguins, a right shop defenseman, and then a conditional pick for the uh, 2020 draft. The only condition on that 2020 pick is it's automatically a first rounder. uh, But if the Penguins somehow miss playoffs and then somehow win the lottery, which seems very far fetched, then it would go to 2021. But well, but it's lottery protected, right? It's up to them, up to the Penguins. They don't have to win the lottery. They can just decide. Okay. Right. Sure. I think I thought it was if they win the lottery, but 
I guess it doesn't matter. I think it's up to their option if they okay. don't make the playoffs. Regardless, I think it's a great haul for, for Minnesota. I think it's going to end up being a trade that both teams like. I think Zucker is a very good player. He's super fast. They're going to put him next to Sidney Crosby, and I think Zucker is going to score a gazillion goals. The, the trouble with him in Minnesota was always that he doesn't have great finishing skills, mm-hmm. but he creates so many chances for himself just because he's so fast. And I think, I don't know, you put anybody with any kind of skill next to Crosby, and he's going to yeah. be good. So... Pretty and much. He still has what two years left on his deal. I, th- I want to so say it's three, three years. Three years. Yeah, so it's not yeah. a renter. It's not a that, rental. That's program. the interesting scenario, right? Mm-hmm. Is like it. It sounds like a trade deadline, kind of like as with trade deadline approaching. Like but player, yeah. this is not the typical trade <clears throat> deadline deal because usually they don't have what's referred to as term, and just most people know what it is. But term means like more than a couple, yeah. more than a year or two. So the really funny thing about this is if you remember over the summer. Phil Kessel was supposed to be traded to Minnesota in exchange for Jason Zucker straight up. Kessel wouldn't waive his no trade clause. So instead, uh, they traded Kessel to Arizona for Galchenyuk. So then Galchenyuk gets hurt. He then gets bitten by a spider, <laughs> as we discussed. Right, So he hasn't had a great year. Um, so his contract is expiring, but I, it wouldn't shock me at all if they ended up re-signing him if he plays well. I think mm-hmm. it's one of those where he's basically trying out to see if he's a fit in Minnesota. Um, he's kind of trying to resurrect his career. The other thing, though, too, as we've talked about in the show, is that the Wild have this Russian prospect coming, Kirill Kaprizov, and right now there's no spot for him on the roster. So by having an expiring contract at wing, it kind of makes sense that he would slide in. So gotcha. we'll see. Gotcha. Chenek's always been an interesting player for me because he was a third overall pick when he came out. Yeah, uh, he was drafted in 2012, and you know he had he had one really big year in, in Montreal. Where he, had, where he had scored 30 goals, but it's just kind of been down ever since then. He's never really put put it together, and you know you wonder he's still pretty young. Um, but I wonder if he's kind of like an Anthony Duclair who's just got to find the right fit for him. Well, Anthony Duclair kind of bounced around a lot a too. Better, better career than him. Yeah, but he's bounced around like this is like his third or fourth team already now. And third. Duclair's been on that many teams fourth, too. I guess. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it's, yeah. it is a similar kind of thing where like yeah. right off the bat, Duclair was like, oh, look at how fast this kid is. He you was know? A high, and, a highly thought of prospect. Yep, and then he just bounced around from team to team guys didn't they didn't seem to want him mm-hmm. um but you know it's funny i've i've had kind of similar thoughts though about zucker over the years because zucker he had this one year where he scored i think it was 30 yeah 33 goals uh aside from that he's had he's had a 21 season a 22 season a 21 season and this year he's had 14 so um but i mean I just, it always drove me crazy that he just, he'd get all these breakaway chances and didn't seem to <laughs> score. And, um, you know, that one year that he scored 33, I actually thought they should have traded him after that year just because I thought his value was going to be higher than ever. And I didn't think he'd ever replicate 30 goals again. I, with the Wild, I don't think he would have. With Pittsburgh, I think he absolutely will. I think he's going to be great with Crosby. I'm, I'm guessing, and you can correct me if I'm wrong because you're the Wild expert. That he's eh, not expert, I don't know. <laughs> More than the rest of us. Very, but that great. he's never played with a center as good as Crosby or even Malkin if he ends up there too. Well, there are no centers on Minnesota that are as good as, <laughs> as, uh, as Crosby. The best player yeah. in the world. Right. Yeah. So that's a fair, fair statement. That's so a fair maybe statement. he will uh, start that's finishing. A, that's a hot take. Andy. Maybe he'll start finishing. Yeah. No, I mean, Minnesota's always been thin at center. So you're, I get where you're coming yeah. from on that and you're correct. Yeah. They've, they, they haven't had crazy. The one time that he, I think he probably played with stall that one season mm-hmm. that he scored 33 and that year stall scored 40. So they had just a great line. You know, I've been expecting him to get traded for a while. It wasn't at all a shock for me. There is a human side of it though. His strangely, his wife, she has kind of grown through local radio scene in Minneapolis. Mm. And, um, she also has a, a child from a previous marriage and they share custody. So now she can't really leave because the kid mm. is there with 
the biological father. Zucker now, because he's gotten traded away, he's going to go basically by himself and the, the family has to stay behind in Minnesota. So that's kind of a sad, sad take on it. But, um, you know, it is the business. And I, I don't again, think it's that, that uncommon. No, but I mean, you know, I think it is more common for the family to move with them. Wouldn't you think? Uh, I don't but I mean, this is a three-year commitment kind of a thing, right? It's not, uh, yeah, and it yeah, sounds to me no like doubt. it's it's going to be no a doubt. long-term yeah. thing where they have to be apart from one another. But anyway, that just sucks. something that's been getting reported on. Thought it was worth mentioning. Uh, but that's that. What else do we have to talk about with the uh, the trade deadline here? There's a lot that's going to happen in the next couple of weeks. So there's there's quite a few players that are kind of listed as trade bait that are expected to be traded that have either on the last year or only one year left. Like I'm going to read off a couple of the highly rumored people to be on the, the trading block. Chris Kreider and the Rangers, Alec Martinez in LA, Kovalchuk could be could be moved. He's playing well. Mm-hmm. John Gabriel Pajo in Ottawa, like he's he's having a great season and they could probably get a lot for him on the last year. He's UFA this year. Then uh, we also have Brendan Dillon. Uh, Brendan Dillon is former Seattle Thunderbird, mm-hmm. but he's in San Jose, like friend of the no block. Reason why San Jose should hold on to Anybody right now? Hmm. People have been asking him about that, about you know what's what it's like, what's it like to deal with trade rumors while you're still playing. And he had a pretty kind of a funny quote. He he said, "Well, I don't have ten, I don't have TSN in San Jose." He's like, "I think I get more trade talk from my mom and dad and friends back in, <laughs> back home in Vancouver, <laughs> where he's from." So I don't think he hears a lot about that down there. That would be interesting too if Kovalchuk gets moved because remember he just got moved, well, I guess of. not traded, but like. They kind of waived his contract in Los Angeles and he signed with them, but he's been playing really well in Montreal and actually being impactful, but they're kind of out of it too, right? So pretty much. Yeah. yeah. And but did you happen to see there's a video of him out on the like on the pond with his two kids? Anyone who can stick handle around two tiny children like that, I would want him. It's a valuable asset. Yes, on my team, certainly. Haven't there been some whispers that Joe Thornton could possibly maybe somehow be out there? I think maybe, I've read some things maybe like that. barely, kind of. Yeah, if he wants I, it, if he I wants to go. I don't know who would be interested in Thornton. I mean, um, but talk about somebody who can stick handle around small children. <laughs> Man, what is going on? It's <laughs> So Matt Dumba <laughs> oh, yeah. is Heard on the list as well. He's got three years left on his deal. Yeah. Like why, why do you think the Wild would get rid of him? <sighs> That's a good question. Feels like there he, would be a lot of suitors for that. He hasn't had a very good year. There's a ton of value. So solo, good. Um, no, I don't. I don't think that's what it is. I think it's that they're looking at places where they have depth right now. On the blue line, they have some depth. Uh, the thought is that either Dumba or Jonas Brodin gets moved because both of them are going to bring a big return. Right now, I mean, they're not really building for this year. They're still kind of in the playoff hunt. So um, I think Bill Guerin is trying to take a very methodical approach. He's also a brand new GM, right? And and just started with this team. So this trade that he made yesterday was his first move as GM of the wild. So I could definitely see Matt Dumba getting moved uh, just because he is a tradable asset. He's got a lot of value and why do um, it at the trade deadline though? I guess, yeah, no, I that's, guess there might be suitors. There's more suitors right now to make that push, but I mean all the trades that they could theoretically make, he can make on his time. He doesn't have to make them at the trade deadline. There's still, you know, plenty of term left, but I think you might get more value and same, like think about the trade for Zucker, right? Like they were, 
granted it's a different GM, but they were going to trade straight up for Phil Kessel last year, yeah. which I think they got way more back yeah, by way more. just by waiting. Way more. You know, yeah. Pittsburgh had more of a need because Gensel was injured, right? So they said, hey, we have to fill this role. Garen coincidentally comes from Pittsburgh, so he knew the other side of the deal. Probably thought that they were getting a better deal in Pittsburgh than Minnesota was getting, right? right. And said, wait a minute, we're not going to let that happen anymore because <laughs> now I'm literally on the other side of it. So that would be my answer is I think that he's just a very tradable asset. I think that they can get really good value for him um, and they do have good depth at the blue line so I think they think he's replaceable so what what is interesting though is so this is how I'm looking at the trade deadline I'm looking at the impact of potentially expansion draft okay and Dumba would be protected well he's projected to be protected if he's with Minnesota mm-hmm. Jason Zucker was also projected to be protected mm. so now that that changes things a bit right so Zucker's now in Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh now has to unprotect somebody who was and i don't i'm not familiar with pittsburgh enough to know like who they're gonna have to free up for zucker or if they're even protect zucker if he's gonna be exposed um but dumba dumba and you mentioned brodeen are the thought would be brodeen would be the one that they would pick if dumba's protected yeah seattle would because brodeen is actually really sought after by other teams right now too just because he's so so steady and so smooth on the back end so what Listen, you guys are talking about the no, wild. No, but I love how the context, you're like, oh, he's way sought after. And because he's so protected and, and so solid in the back end. <laughs> like you're, you're talking wild, about your team, right? That's why the wild right? are so good. I know. <laughs> all these top end players. I know. It's just, it's just, <laughs> I'm just going to shut up. I'm just no, going to shut it's, up. It's you guys funny. can do no, the rest I, of the podcast yourself. I appreciate the context, but like you're also like selling me. or like It sounds like you're selling us. And uh, Well, I hope other GMs are listening and they recognize that these – particular players need to really give yeah, a lot of value team. right yeah. to get, back, yeah. get them so i think all the gms are listening. Oh, i think they probably yeah. are yeah. oh man it's funny like it's just it's totally natural for teams to overvalue the people that they have and uh, don't know what you're talking about who's overvaluing <laughs> no no one's overvaluing I'm, I'm anything inside the clubs it happens and <laughs> okay. i know that firsthand just fyi okay that the ratings that they give to their players internally is a lot higher than like other teams would give them so anyway sorry it's all right <laughs> anyway but that's what i'm going to be looking at during the trade deadline right and like dumba if he were to get trade traded that change then brodeen might get protected and so that changes the dynamics there so those those i'm kind of keeping an eye on all teams like i'm not like fully baking my expansion expectations but every time like I, the first thing i did was look at minnesota's roster without zucker and fig- try to figure out who they would protect next just how i'm looking at it so that's how i if i can ask a dumb question no <laughs> there's no dumb answers just dumb mm, questions okay uh, uh, i've always bad. liked him so what, what why isn't he having a good year this year uh i don't know you know he had that injury man we are doing a lot of minutiae i know hey but they're in the news he had that injury that was uh suffered from fighting matthew kachuk last year and he's Mm -hmm. he's never quite looked the same he's shown some glimpses this season where he's like kind of the dominant player that he was because before that injury last year he was like arguably one of the better defensemen in the league and um and i'm not saying that just because i watched him more than other teams but like he was really really good and uh, he just hasn't gotten it back this year um there he went through this long stretch where he couldn't score a goal to save his life it was one of those where he's like you know he'd get a wide open net and he'd like either whiff on it or like shoot it over the net or whatever so um i think it's just a confidence thing honestly he had a he had an injury and never really 
got back yet. I, I think there's plenty of upside there. Sure, so I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's stop talking about the Minnesota wild because everyone's making fun of me and <laughs> let's move on to our segments. Our first segment is you don't see that every day. So in Ottawa this past week, you don't see this every day, but they didn't put a shot on net against the Colorado avalanche until 18 minutes into the first period. And this was the reaction from the senator's fans. Forget Vancouver. December, Tampa in Carolina, October 6th. In Gun- just shoot, there's a save by Grubauer. And the crowd roars to Kuhl. 1.38 to go, and Ottawa gets a shot. All right, but- I mean, it sounds like they scored a goal almost. That's that's pretty <laughs> remarkable. That was good stuff from Senators. Like classic Bronx cheer. The Senators did go on to lose this game 4-1, to one, sadly. But uh, hey, at least they put the puck on net at least once. But yeah, well, well, one shot per 18 minutes isn't really good. Not great. But uh, <laughs> I mean, you don't see that kind of a stretch of shotless uh, attempts very often. So you don't or see that every day. day. <laughs> right. Our next, you don't see that every day, of which we have three. And Andy, you can talk about this one is our resident resident uh, Vancouver Canucks expert, right? Expert. So (laughs) what happened? Antoine Roussel back to his Antoine Roussel, everybody's favorite uh, rat. Oh yeah. I love Antoine Roussel. At the end of their game against Nashville on uh, Monday night, uh, it was, it was out of the game was out. It was over. It was six to two, you know, for the first place Canucks. Mm -hmm. Uh, He got into it with uh, Jared Tenorti. They kind of were jostling and Roussel took his, took Tenorti's stick from him and kind of just, you know, nonchalantly heaved it into the crowd where a fan (laughs) caught it. And then promptly chugged his beer. Now, chug <laughs> is a strong word. He, he drank it nonstop, but it wasn't. It was very slow. People yeah. were getting him. He also started with about a half a beer there. Yes. So, so I people wasn't, were giving him grief on Twitter. Wasn't saying, terribly impressed with his chugging abilities, nope. but I thought that you know, looking around, saying, "Oh, I'm on TV," and then your reaction is to drink chug your entire beer. With That's a, a pretty. The, he's holding yeah. the stick in one hand, blade up, chugging his beer. Uh, I approve. He was wearing like an 80s Canucks windbreaker. Mm-hmm. It was pretty sweet. Yep. Looks good. And, uh, and then our final, you don't see that every day. The Vegas TV analyst, who is Mike McKenna. Now, he played in the NHL for a while. but he do- So, I guess apparently what he does is whenever they like need a goalie, because everybody has like a fill-in goalie each team in the league, right? For when they have practices, they'll just have a guy that suits up, right? Oh, sometimes. So McKenna, I mean, he played in the NHL, so it makes sense for him as the color TV analyst to be the guy that suits up and goes out and takes shots when one of the goalies is missing for whatever reason. Uh, But on this particular practice, he had... A, a press conference to go to right afterwards. So he took <laughs> off his upper gear and then just went into the press conference wearing his his pads. you know his pants, his pads, his skates. Sat so, down amongst all the reporters. Yeah, so he's like squeezed <laughs> in, right? Because like his leg pads are so big, he's like squeezed in between the rows of chairs. So I saw that was Twitter. Funny. He said, "Thank, thankfully, that room is carpeted." Yeah. Well, yeah, because. I guess. I mean, there's skate guards. Yeah. Um, Still pretty, pretty funny move by him. That's our you don't see that every day. And we now move into everyone's favorite segment. No groans so far. Goalie gear corner. Goalie gear corner. Coincidentally also features Mike McKenna. So how do you like that? Two back-to-back What segment. a segue. Yeah, references. He also has a name and I guess was at one point eligible to play in the Olympics. I don't think he did. That's but true, but certainly <laughs> has a name. So he was not wearing these pads yet, but Goalie Gear Nerd on Twitter uh, revealed his plans for his new goalie equipment, which he's getting uh, specifically so to wear practice. at practice. <laughs> yeah, yep. So everybody's going to see it. But this is a pretty good look. And so he gets to, you know, go go with it and do the whole Vegas 
kit now, essentially. Uh, but it's a Bauer setup, not oh, Brian's. Oh, it oh, is no, black no. at the bottom. So it's got like a V shape to to go with the Vegas look. Um, but it's got a black at the bottom, some red. It's got the like the gold leaf pattern that they have on their jerseys. And there's a big V in the middle. Oh, nice touch. It is pretty cool. Now, a second ago, I joked about how it's practice. Nobody will see it. But Vegas opens their practice up to the public that's right so he and wants to look good the place so people will see this yeah he <laughs> wants to look good that's a good point um it does make me think though because i remember when i was a kid you didn't you didn't want to have like most kids wore black or or something with like a, a darker color you didn't want to have something in the middle that said shoot here like on your five <laughs> hole and this feels like it's got some big old arrows pointing at the middle saying well, shoot here practice maybe he wants them to score yeah maybe i suppose yeah they he's just building yeah. building their confidence yeah. yeah you might be right um um, anyway, that's uh, oh, and then we have a second goal year corner, which uh, again, I don't know why you keep doing these sad ones, but I felt like we couldn't skip this one because it involves uh, former Everett Silvertip Carter Hart, who is doing a pretty cool Ray Emery tribute on his mask. Uh, so obviously, we know Ray Emery passed away in a very strange circumstances where he apparently drowned. Uh, that was was this past summer, or two, summers two summers ago. Two summers oh. ago. Yeah, feels like a while ago. But uh, you know, he played for the Philadelphia Flyers, and Carter Hart is is doing a pretty cool tribute. So uh, lots of different pictures of Emory yeah, on there. pretty sweet. Yeah. Pretty sweet look. Just goes to show goalies are the best people on the planet. Um, that's, that's definitely not true. We move on to our weekly <laughs> one-timers. <laughs> our first weekly one-timer, Chris Pronger having his number retired by the St. Louis Blues, number 44. So that's sometime next season. You think that's the only team that'll retire his number? Ooh, you think the Ducks will do it too? They could. Or doesn't he still, isn't he still under contract with the Coyotes? So maybe. He is. Yeah. So yeah, maybe uh, <laughs> yeah. he and Marion Hosa, I think. And yeah. Is, is Datsuk still Datsuk, under contract I, with I, I don't know if any of them have. actually are. We might need to fact yeah. check that. But uh, <laughs> nonetheless, that Coyotes team yeah. still is retire his number. arguably the best team in history. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's well-deserved. He was a, a very feared player while he played. So played for a lot of teams. Yeah. yeah. Didn't you meet him in an elevator were... or something? I've run into him in various places. Uh-huh. I don't. Elevator, I don't think he'd be retired. His number would be retired in Anaheim. What do you? I don't I don't he was one of the main cogs for the Stanley there. Cup. Yeah, but he didn't play that long, right? I don't know. He didn't play long, but yeah, he was there for some good times. Yeah, good it's times. worth worth good the big times. good times, great oldies. He had his best years in St. Louis. Okay, so that yeah. makes sense. Probably true. Our next weekly one timer. Darnell Nurse signs a bridge deal with the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, so he signed a two-year deal. It's considered a bridge deal because it takes him to... From RFA to UFA. Yeah. Yeah. And from what I've read, it helps with Edmonton's potential cap situation by lowering the impact. Um, I don't know how the math works, but it was a team-friendly deal. That's that's how it's been reported. Speaking of expansion drafts, he's expect, he's expected to be, and that's what I, again, that's how I look at it, uh-huh. is he's expected to be protected um, with uh, Clef Baum and Ethan Bear would be the other two defensemen. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, expect to protect. Expect to protect. So I, I want to throw this out about project to project. Darnell Nurse. Do you know Do you know Darnell Nurse's family? I have Not never met them, no. Do you know his uncle is Donovan McNabb? I did know oh. that. I did yeah. not know that. And his sister is a is also named Nurse WNBA uh, All Star. Oh, and oh. she's like really, really good. Cool. Uh, Pretty athletic nurse. family. Kia Nurse, and he, if you watch the women's game a lot, his cousin Sarah Nurse. I did know that too. Plays I, I knew Canadian well. national team. Yeah. And do you know where she played in college? Wisconsin. Wisconsin Badgers. That's right. Hey-o. So it's anyway, all connected. That that family <laughs> is very athletic. 
That was, you know, that uh, the meme of the guy from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia where he's got all the things yes. taped yeah. on the wall yeah. and he like, looks all together. crazy, yeah. right? It's he's trying to sew everything yeah. together. That's what was I, I know what you're talking about. I don't know. You'd that. know it if you saw it. <laughs> I got it. Um, <laughs> our next weekly one-timer, speaking of the Oilers, Connor McDavid, uh-oh, he's out two, two to three, three weeks. weeks. What happened? Got hurt. Okay. <laughs> Moving on to our next <laughs> one. <laughs> <laughs> quad injury that that yeah. could really put a damper on his quads, Edmonton's playoff chances. Okay, uh, I mean obviously, specific. yeah, because he's the best player in the world. Yeah. So right, but they're kind of fighting to make the playoffs. And yeah. If he's out two or three weeks, when it's a huge blow, McDavid, I think McDavid's like contributed either a goal or assist on like forty or forty five percent of Edmonton's goals. Now Drysaddle is pretty good. I wonder how that Cassian deal is looking. Um, I wonder how Cassian's going to do. <laughs> yeah. Now's, the, now's wow. the moment. Yeah, this great. is. Yeah, we're referencing oh my God. John arguing oh my God. with Wade this. Wade last week about uh, whether or not Cassian's having a career year because it was basically oh, a chicken of the egg yes. kind of a thing. It was it was a little uh, uncomfortable if you were me. I think but, I'm on John's side of this. Okay, interesting. Well, I, whatever. I'm, I'm neutral. Bra also, yeah. like validated Wade's take on it. He thought that it was worth the... Yeah, he he disagreed with me. Okay. Publicly. Okay, fair enough. (laughs) Our next weekly one-timer. Speaking of people who are injured, I'm doing too many segues. I got to stop. You do? Seth Jones. (laughs) And I know... I have to keep going. (laughs) John, you just went to uh, Columbus, so you're now our Columbus correspondent. (laughs) Did you see (laughs) Seth Jones get hurt? (laughs) (laughs) That was the canon. Uh, Do you know Seth Jones' family? (laughs) Yes, Popeye Jones. Yeah, yeah. I do know <laughs> that one. Caleb we were Jones. on the family. And Caleb, Caleb Jones. Jones. Yeah, yeah, we were on the family. So <laughs> his, his injury, what happened to Seth Jones? <laughs> uh, injured an ankle in the game I was watching, actually. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, it looked like he just went down, but he, he labored to get back to the bench. Um, sounds like he's going to be out, quote unquote, indefinitely, which I don't know what that means. Mm, that's not good. But yeah, that means no timetable, I yep. assume. Um, but does that mean for forever. the rest of the year or yeah, forever or <laughs> tomorrow? Yeah, I don't know. It could be that they're waiting but for that, too. But that's a pretty big blue, blow. Now, a couple things for I want to talk that about. that blue. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> so they've had a couple of injuries. Ryan Murray yep. has been injured. Uh, but what's interesting is during CBJ hack, so the actual conference was in the concourse. There was some practice going on on the big rink and you could poke your head in and check it out. Now it was a probably Columbus cause they played the night before it was a like a uh, optional practice or whatever, but it turns out Ryan Murray was out there working out. Ah. Uh, there was about, so inside sources say he's approaching a return. That's right. Mm. Now there CBJ correspondent. Yeah, obviously, that's right. Uh, says that, <laughs> <laughs> but there was about five, four or five, but he was skating out there. But one thing is they had, one goalie kind of taking shots and taking uh, a bunch of getting a bunch of work, and then one goalie that was working with the players on some of their drills. Mm, okay. And I was wondering who the goalies were. Now I think the the goalie getting some specific goalie work was probably the backup okay. for Columbus. Okay. But I can't imagine Merzlikens was in the other net because he played the night before and was playing later that night. And he's not going to just do drills with these guys, hmm. bringing it back to McKenna. Yeah. They probably, and I was wondering, do they have like, it's kind of like in baseball, they have like the, uh, like a bullpen pitcher, catcher. Yeah. yeah. Or the warm up pitcher mm-hmm. or bullpen catcher. That's, that's fair too. But I, I wonder what the scenario is there where they, do they hire some local guy to just be there at practices? Well, that's like really good. About the Vegas I, I right. bet that's it is. That's what I was yeah. thinking. Right? Yeah. I, I, I highly doubt. It could be 
mm-hmm. somebody that, that's within the organization. <laughs> but you got to be pretty good to be taking shots yeah. from any. Well, I mean, they kind of play yeah, in the no, NHL, know, so it makes sense. But now every team's got to have like a a former NHL goalie who's not that far removed, right? He's got to be young enough to Still be skilled. Play. Yeah, <laughs> it could be. You know, some some teams now have more than one goalie coach. They have maybe mm-hmm. one or two. One of them, maybe one could be a development guy, and it could be somebody like that. It could be. A scout who played goalie. So I think, I mean, when you think about it, though, there's probably, I mean, think of who NHL teams hire to work for their team. Like, ex players. (laughs) Yes, exactly. So, like, there's probably somebody in the organization or somebody you know who, yeah, absolutely. Like, if, if I knew somebody that worked in the organization and they need a goalie, and I'm confident I'm not going to get absolutely killed by one of their shots because they shoot much harder than beer leaguers. Really? <laughs> then I would go out. Like, I think that would be super fun just to get to so, do it. So I agree. No disrespect. But I think you have to be like former NHLer to like be in that role. Uh, and then what do you think yes they and no. pay them? I think yes and no. Oh, well, I don't think they pay them at all. I think it's I would say you have thing. to play at least at a pretty high level of hockey. If not I mean, it's like middle of the day and you kind of have to be available whenever yeah. somebody wants to essentially That's why somebody, probably somebody already in the organization doing something else would yeah. I guess I would push back on that, but I we're not going to decide it here because no, it's probably different for every team. It's probably different for every team. Okay, that I'll accept. Our next weekly one timer. Quick update on that Coyotes thing that we talked about last week, where uh, Wade was a little concerned because there could be a a huge financial penalty. So Darren Drieger confirmed it. So Wade, the intern, had it first. Darren Drieger <laughs> on Twitter <laughs> says, each, yeah, yeah, probably was citing Darren Drieger. Each violation can carry a fine of $250,000 or more. And there's like 20, right? Club management. Well, you're, Sorry. you're ruining it here. I wasn't here last week. Club management and amateur scouts around the league are anxiously awaiting the outcome and commissioner Gary Bettman's ruling. Uh, and he says, sources say it's believed that there are at least 20 incidents of the Arizona Coyotes fitness testing draft eligible players. Wow. That's a big deal. So you know, a lot of money. <laughs> you know what's weird here is that we're only getting this from Drager and the tweets, right? Like some people have done follow-ups, but it's more con- based on Drager's tweets. And like there's not like a lengthy article on what it means, what it was, what, it was, what they did. Where the players were. Is not yet. part of that because it's Arizona and not like Toronto? No, they could do it. Yeah, but not, they don't get as much coverage in general. It's not, but but this is a national story now. Obviously, we're but talking not, about I mean, it on the Drager's sound the only one talking about it. But right? Drager's not in Arizona. I know, though, but right? for it to me to be a national story, more than one person's got to be talking about. That's it. my point. It's we're like, talking what, about it. It's it's fishy. Good point. Yeah, <laughs> but it's fishy. That's what's all fish, I'm what's, saying. Well, what's like, fishy about it? That there's really not that much information. It's only being reported out of one how much, person. How, how interested do you think the average hockey fan is about CHL players going to Arizona and testing? I think uh, getting fined two hundred fifty thousand dollars twenty play. times. Yeah, yeah but that <laughs> it's a big deal, yet, right? That's the fine. We don't yeah. know. That the You'd think somebody yet. would be investigating this? Mm, I'm so, interested, John. For well, we are, worth. but we're not the. We're not like your average. We're not average. Do Bears. We? We're not. Your average. I hope <laughs> we're not. Average. I don't want to be average. <laughs> Our next weekly one timer. Speaking of not your average bear, Ethan Bear comments on the (laughs) national anthem singer who uh, sang in his native language of Cree, uh, the Cree Nation. Mm -hmm. Uh, So basically it was a singer singing the national anthem for the Edmonton Oilers. She was switching back and forth between uh, O Canada in English and in Cree. She's only only 14. And it was pretty cool because they showed him on the bench and he kind of had his head down. You could just tell that it was like a, it was a big moment for him. So, so what he said, honestly, being first nations and playing in the NHL, you never think you're going to hear that or get the opportunity. It was pretty cool experience, especially because I'm playing and hearing it firsthand. I loved it. So I just thought that was was pretty pretty cool. cool. Yeah. It was cool. Glad we got to, got to hear that, got to see that and got to 
briefly talk about it. But uh, and then our final weekly one timer. We didn't ever talk about it on the podcast when it happened. Maybe we should have. But Brandon Manning was suspended for five games in the AHL for using a racial slur. And you can imagine what that racial slur probably was uh, against Boko Imama, who plays for the Ontario Reigns. That's the, the Kings affiliate. Manning plays for Bakersfield Condors. So they come back from the five game suspension for Manning. And who's the first team that they play? Ontario. Ontario Rain. Yeah. Two minutes, uh, what, two minutes and 17 seconds into the game. I think it was the first shift they took against each other. Yeah. Uh, Imama and Manning have a real old fashioned, like, just off the face off, throw them down, fight. And Imama gives them a pretty good what for. And uh, pretty incredible when you think about the many layers of this, right? That somebody can say something like that. Obviously, he gets punished, but probably, you know, people would have wanted to, well, a lot of people probably would have wanted to see more of a punishment for something like that, and um, especially in today's climate. And So there's a couple of interesting things here, right? Yeah. Is that Manning actually kind of owned up to it. Yeah. And he admitted it. He apologized. And he even uh, reached out to the player. Mm-hmm in this situation and wasn't just like publicly saying, I'm you know, mm-hmm. sorry. He reached out to yeah. reach and he said he talked and which is, I think for a horrible situation, sometimes that's the best thing is just to kind of own up and kind of figure out mm-hmm. how to be better. Right. Um, got an interesting take on this is, okay. is why, why didn't the teammates do it? And I'm wondering if there was, this was part of the deal. Like when he Manning originally reached out to, to him and, and kind of was basically like, okay, we have to go the first time we, we see each other. And basically, Manning's yeah. like, okay, I'll, I'll do that. Yeah, but, maybe. But but somebody, I was talking with this somebody over the weekend and, and said, yeah, why didn't somebody else kind of stick up with the teammates? The no, on this one. On this one. Yeah. Like, why did somebody else step up? And Yeah. That's a good question. I wonder if they I, talked I don't know, about it. Right? I'm not, I'm not trying to have, say what's right or wrong. Yeah. It's it's. He may it's have said I want it. Sorry. So that's okay. It's we'll a, bleep that one. It's a bad situation. Yeah. And. I mean, it is. It definitely is. Mama said I want to be the one to do it. Yeah, I I agree. But we don't know. Yeah, we don't. Right? That was the point that I was going to make is how many scenarios are there out there where something like this can happen, right? Where like somebody is very obviously in the wrong and then the other guy who got wronged gets to literally come out and beat the crap out of the other person in front of the world. Nothing <laughs> like, it's pretty level. remarkable. I mean, there's been like hockey stuff that's happened, right? Like we had the whole Cassian Kachuk thing, but nothing yeah. like at this level. Yeah, but I mean that didn't, you know, that didn't involve something like exactly. this. Exactly, like, yeah, it was a hockey thing. So, this wasn't a, this feels like a bigger than a hockey thing. Yeah, but uh, fascinating stuff and uh, I mean, <laughs> good on Boko for kicking the crap out of him. <laughs> he really did. He gave it to him pretty good. But um, anyway, that wraps up this week's weekly one-timers. And we're going to pause for one second before we uh, close the show. We are just kind of seeing as we're recording this on Twitter uh, that uh, Jay Bomeister is dealing with a pretty serious medical issue. Uh, Apparently he collapsed in his game tonight against the Anaheim Ducks on the bench and uh, they canceled the rest of the game. So that looks like a pretty scary situation there. And uh, as we're recording, this, isn't much. I mean, the blues put out a statement that due to a medical emergency involving blues defenseman Jay Bomeister tonight's game has been postponed and will will be made up at a later date. That's, all that very, very scary. Yeah, the, the bigger concern is we haven't heard an update. And so we're like maybe an hour into this and we still don't have an update on his condition other than he left uh, and they canceled the game. So uh, obviously prayers are going out. I do see a, a, a thing here from a serious uh, mm-hmm. NHL that the Blues broadcast is reporting that he is awake and on his way to the hospital. So that that's some good news. Okay. Well, good-ish news, I yeah. hope. Um, that's very, very scary though. Um, man, when stuff like that happens during... A game, you just 
you remember like hey these are uh these are human beings mm-hmm. that uh man uh so stuff. thoughts and prayers as they say to jay bowmeister and uh everyone that's uh involved there i really really hope that it's not as bad as it looks because it looks really really bad as we're um as we're recording here so man do we still want to do games on the radar i don't know I suppose we can, right? Yeah. Okay, rattled now, but uh, we'll close the show with uh, games on the radar. Uh, so mine is 6 p.m. Monday, Tampa Bay at Colorado. Uh, it is going to be on ESPN Plus, so you'll be able to see that here. John, your uh, game on the radar, what do you got? So uh, we have an outdoor game coming. It's the Kings versus Colorado Avalanche at uh, the Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs. But I also want to kind of do a quick plug to the hockey challenge coming up this weekend. Seattle Thunderbirds against the Vancouver Canucks at Showware. Giants. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, Vancouver Giants. <laughs> what did you say? I said Canucks. Canucks. Oh. Uh, anyway, Canucks uh, that game. It, that's for the Ronald McDonald House charity that, you know, I've been kind of participating in and, and supporting for a long time. And I've been involved in the hockey challenge for this will be the 16th year. Come out, support a good cause, check out a good game, see Bowen Byram um, and uh, and the Seattle Thunderbirds. So, and so there's games all day, right? There's, there's games all day. It's like it's essentially a bunch of adult or yeah. beer league teams that play. Like my first game's at 8.30, my second game's at 3.30, and then and I play after. The, yeah. yeah, so <laughs> I've got three games that day. Don't come to watch me. Come to watch uh, there's like the a, other teams. There's like a yeah. celebrity all-star alumni game. John John's a celebrity mm, in that, or that. a top fundraiser. Put it that way. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and Andy, your game on the radar. My game on the radar is the Canucks hosting the Ducks on Sunday. Not necessarily a good game, but I'll be there. Cool. Very good. You're oh, going to be there. That's right. why. Yeah, I'll be, be watching a lot of hockey this week. Uh, yeah, I'm going to five games and five nights this weekend. So <laughs> next time you talk to me, I will barely psychotic. be able yeah. to hold my head up. Yeah. All right. That wraps up episode 73. Uh, again. Hoping for the best there for Bomeister. Hope we get an update on that soon um, before this podcast comes out and then it's good news. Uh, and uh, thank you all for listening. Thank you, Naho, for the great review. Mm-hmm. Subscribe on iTunes, subscribe on Stitcher, subscribe on Spotify, leave your review, and we'll read it. And we will talk to you all next week for episode 74. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>